feel stuck? Tired of wrestling with shame, insecurity, and hiding your flaws? Friend, I've been there, and it's time to come out of hiding because God wants to meet you in the middle of your big hot mess. I'm Kimberly Stokes, and I'm on mission to help real women, just like you, get unstuck, meet Jesus in all the ordinary moments, and live in increased intimacy with God. Ephesians 3.20 says God can do far more than you could ever imagine. This is the Imagine More podcast, and it's time for today's show. Hello, 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 my beautiful friend. I'm really glad you joined me for this episode called Kickin' Conflict. In today's show, we're going to discuss some super practical ways to actually work through conflict, and we're going to talk about the fact that Contrary to popular belief, conflict isn't all bad. So the title of today's episode, Kickin' Conflict, doesn't refer to getting rid of conflict, but more like kicking A in the middle of conflict, so that conflict in our marriage and family relationships can be productive and actually work to enhance and grow our relationship. I'm currently working with a couple doing premarital counseling, and recently we were discussing conflict resolution and Some of the feedback that I gave them was really transformative, so I thought I'd do a podcast on this topic in greater detail, and it's also kind of a follow-up on the Dust Bunnies of Conflict episode, but it's going to be much more specific and practical in terms of conflict resolution. I'm really so convinced that God wants to release the reality of His kingdom in our marriage and in our family relationships. And one of my favorite verses in terms of living the kingdom of God in our families is Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. It says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. I love that. And I think that can be our our goal as we seek to live out the reality of God's kingdom in our marriage, in our families, in the midst of conflict. We can create a safe haven in our home and in our family. Even our marriage can become a safe haven as we learn to do life with God, as we learn to truly live a life of love, which is fleshed out in marriage and family relationships on a daily basis, right? Let's get real. None of us are going to do it perfectly. So it's not about performance, and it's not about perfection. Rather, it's about learning to live in continual surrender of our hearts and our relationship to God. It's about learning to live from that place of simply receiving from God in the middle of the super messy moments of life. Learning to navigate through conflict and disagreements with my husband as I lean into God in the middle of the conflict, in the middle of my emotions getting ramped up. It's surrendering to the Holy Spirit and learning to partner with Him and not be ruled by my emotions. Emotions are definitely important, but I don't want them in the driver's seat of my life and my relationships. So how we view conflict, it greatly impacts how we choose to deal with conflict. So my question for you is, how do you view conflict, my friend? Do you view it as bad? Do you view it as scary? Do you avoid it at all costs? Maybe you have the mentality of, I better protect my rights and fight for me or I'll get run over and not have a voice in this relationship. So often the way we view conflict was really influenced by our family of origin. In my family growing up, I saw my parents arguing a lot. There was yelling. There was lots of tension. Honestly, I still don't like conflict at all, but I've learned the beauty of working through conflict. 
As a kid, I, I didn't know what healthy conflict resolution should look like, but I was convinced that what I saw playing out before my eyes with my parents wasn't God's way. So in our marriage, we've really fought more for connection than to be right. And Shannon and I both have purposed to work through conflict without fighting. So if you were to ask Shannon or me, if, we, if one of us were to be asked, do you fight in marriage? I think we'd both answer no to that question. But if the question was, do you have conflicts and disagreements in your marriage? We would both answer, oh yeah. So because we've, we've had lots of conflicts over the years, but honestly, few fights. Why? I think it's because we were intentional to deal with disagreements and conflicts without fighting. And I want to encourage you today in this show that that can be done. And even if that hasn't been your mantra or your approach to conflict in your family or in your marriage, it can become, and that can become a reality. And I think it's part of like living out the kingdom of God in our marriage and in our family in the midst of conflict. So if you're taking notes, note this. You can disagree without being disagreeable. And this is huge. It requires us to submit our emotions to the Holy Spirit and invite Him in in the midst of the conflict. But I want to tell you, it's so much better than fighting. So in our marriage, we've had plenty of disagreements over the years, but few fights. And honestly, this concept is way, way, way more than semantics. It's how we've purposed to deal with conflict. We've been intentional to fight for connection, relational connection, rather than fighting to get our way. And we're going to talk more about this in the show um, in terms of like fighting versus a disagreement because that whole thing, it's it's a mentality in how we choose to view conflict. But for now, I want to focus on what does conflict and disagreement look like in the context of a kingdom paradigm? What does conflict and disagreement look like in the context of living a life of love? And what does conflict look like in the context of Ephesians 6, where the husband is told to love his wife as Christ loved the church, and that the wives are to submit and respect her husband? I think it looks like intentionally creating a safe place to deal with issues and disagreements. I think it looks like honor, like intentionally being submitted and ruled by the Holy Spirit, not our emotions. I think it looks like the fruit of self-control manifesting in our lives instead of being a hot-headed, crazy person who's yelling or cussing or accusing. Kingdom living. It requires that we stay connected to our supernatural source in the middle of real-life conflicts, in the middle of real-life emotions and the, the experience of pain and rejection or betrayal or disappointment or just disagreeing. I think it looks like intentionally posturing our hearts before God when we're angry, when we're hurting, and even when we want to scream. And it's a process, I think, of learning to tap into God's nearness and goodness in the middle of my crazy, in the middle of my emotions, and even in the middle of my triggers. I think living out kingdom conflict looks like honesty and honor together. So my question is, in your personality style, how do you respond to conflict? How do you tend to respond when you're angry? What about when you feel rejected? Girlfriend, just knowing yourself can help you become more effective in conflict resolution. For example, what are your triggers from childhood? What are your deepest wounds? 
these things play out in our marriage and in our family life and can oftentimes still be triggers, sometimes that we're not even consciously aware of. So if you find yourself acting like an eight-year-old child when you're in conflict with your spouse, that's a clue. Think about, okay, what just triggered me? Not what your spouse did, but getting to that root of your own vulnerability. Like, what's going on in my heart, in my emotions right now? For example, for me, my top two, I think, woundings in childhood that I'm aware of that um, play out in conflict are I've got to be perfect and the second one is I can't trust anyone else to take care of me, especially with the finances was, was how that manifested in our marriage. So these were like affected my marriage, but I wasn't aware of them. They were really hidden until they began to be exposed. And then I began to deal with it. And I talked to Shannon about it. So he was aware of my triggers. And I think right now, I think God has pretty much healed me in regards to that. I can't trust anyone to take care of me. But at times, I'll be honest, that perfectionism thing can still be triggered and I have to watch out for that. So being aware of your woundings from childhood and how they actually play out in conflict today with your husband or even with your kids can be super helpful. Talking through these things with our spouse or when needed, if you need to go to counseling, can help us take responsibility for our triggers from the past and bring an awareness to not bring yesterday's junk into today's conflict. So I want to give a couple of just specific examples that might help this to be a little bit more tangible. So the first example might be if a trigger is you grew up and you didn't feel loved by one of your parents. Even when you've dealt with those issues and you feel like God is healing or healed your heart, whether that's through counseling or inner healing or just, you know, God being your therapist, at times it may rear its ugly head in your marriage, which could trigger those rejection issues. If you're aware of this, you can choose to be vulnerable with your heart and open with your spouse. And what that can look like is like in the midst of conflict, if you realize, wow, this is hitting one of my triggers of rejection. Just like saying, whoa, I think this is triggering some of my stuff from my past experiences with my mom. That's not blaming him or saying, you know, I feel rejected because you blah, blah, blah. It's just getting vulnerable to your that deep root in your heart. It's so helpful to own your junk and not project it onto your spouse. Another example might be if you grew up thinking um, conflict, when conflict happened in your family of origin, it's all my fault. If you had woundedness issues in your family and maybe felt like they blamed you, Maybe you can be super sensitive when your spouse is confronting you about something and it's a trigger for you and it stirs up how you felt as a kid. What's my fault? I didn't do it right. This is why in marriage, sometimes we respond like an angry 8 or 10-year-old kid instead of a grown-up. When we know and are aware of our own triggers and our spouse's triggers and woundings from childhood, we can work to create a marriage that's a safe place to live, to grow. Instead of triggering old wounds, we can learn to process them in a kingdom environment where we can be met with love, met with grace. Honestly, so many people tend to recreate an environment similar to what they grew up in instead of a kingdom environment where love rules and forgiveness reigns. We tend to do what's familiar, and we don't know what we don't yet know. 
But I want to encourage you that you can learn new ways to process, new ways to deal with conflict, and new ways to resolve it. Conflict is totally normal. In fact, conflict is to be expected. So I think just getting that out there can help us to know, hmm, in marriage, conflict is normal. In my family, with my children, conflict is normal. And in marriage and family, when we experience conflict, it's usually associated with some level of anger, right? So I want us to talk about anger for a moment. So anger is simply a normal emotion. It's not good or bad. It's just an indicator that something has happened and we feel invalidated. We feel marginalized or betrayed or it could simply be our flesh is stirred up and we're being selfish. So it's how we choose to deal with our anger that's really important. It's how we deal with our ang- anger that can be make it sinful or not. It's the way we express our anger. And as a side note, I want to say, anger that's just like con- consistently like shoved down, ignored or repressed, that ends up turning into depression. So the main thing I want to hit on as we talk about anger is that anger is a secondary emotion. So there's always another emotion, something that's underneath the anger. It could be hurt, it could be rejection, you could feel betrayed or ignored. But anger tends to feel more powerful than the hurt or the rejection that's beneath that anger. In order to recognize and work through conflict resolution, it's important to explore what's my primary emotion that's beneath this anger. We can get to that vulnerable part of our heart as we ask ourselves, what's beneath this anger? And in marriage, if we can humbly and just in vulnerability express that part of our heart, we get so much nearer resolving what's actually happening. And that's really how we create safety. That's how we can connect with vulnerability in our hearts. If we want to live out the kingdom of God in our marriage, We can learn to be ruled by the Holy Spirit, not our emotions, especially not our anger. We can disagree without being disagreeable. And this is huge. You can work through conflict without fighting in recognizing that a disagreement doesn't have to be a fight. Self-control is vital. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit that God wants to birth in and through your marriage, in and through your family, and in and through conflict as you learn to lean into Him. And it's as simple as inviting God in when you feel super angry in that moment, surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Honestly, this revolutionized my marriage early on when I realized, wow, I can be so angry, yet I can still be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And he will convict of selfishness. I just want to say, when we do that, when I invite God in and I'm really angry and I just say, Lord, I surrender to you. I invite you into this anger. When there's something there and it's just me being selfish, he's going to gently convict me of that. And honestly, that really helps resolve conflict as well. And it really revolutionized my marriage too to realize in conflict, You don't have to place blame. I think in my family growing up, a lot of times there was um, an underlying maybe blame that was placed. So learning, we just have to process through this together and there's no need to place blame. It's choosing to value the relationship 
over being right. I know that so many of us avoid conflict and we skirt around issues because conflict, let's face it, it's uncomfortable. But conflict can have so many positive benefits if we navigate through it. It increases intimacy. It builds increased confidence in the relationship and it actually increases the we factor. It strengthens the bond in your marriage. It strengthens the bond in your family as you learn to navigate through conflict. So next I want to touch on some basics of just practical ways of living out the kingdom of God. What conflict resolution can look like in our marriage and in our family. Relational restoration really is the goal. And I think in my mind, I try to have that ever before me when I'm in a disagreement with Shannon or with my kids, that relational restoration is so much more important than whatever the issue is. And that really helps me a lot. For Shannon and me, learning to simply agree to disagree can save so much conflict. And my husband is amazing about this. Sometimes he'll just come to the conclusion. He'll just say, okay, we just need to agree to disagree on this one. And I'm like, hmm, okay, yeah, you're right. And it used to frustrate me, but I've learned that agreeing to disagree, it's really powerful. But we can purpose to navigate through conflict, not to fight and argue. And it sounds like semantics, but this approach to conflict, it's impacted our marriage really at such a deep and beautiful level. And it's honestly, it's difficult to put to words and express how valuable the mindset can be that we don't have to fight or argue, but we're going to work through the disagreement. We're going to um, navigate through this conflict. And I think the core mindset behind that is we're on the same team. I mean, think about it. No professional football team, hockey team, baseball team, no professional team ever fights with someone on their own team, right? Who do they pick fights with? They pick fights with the opposing team. And I think if we recognize in conflict, whether that's with our our child in our family or if that's with our spouse, the enemy wants us to view our spouse Or the kid we're in conflict with as the opposing team when we disagree. And no matter how strong the disagreement or the conflict is, remember, make it your mantra, we're on the same team. And a simple effort to gently like just reach out and touch your spouse's hand or pat his leg and say, we're going to get through this, babe. We're on the same team. It's always a good reminder of solidarity and unity. And oh yeah, we're not going to fight about this. We want to choose. We're on the same team. We're going to work through this. Another thing I think that can be super helpful is just saying, hey, can we pray real quick? Just pause. Don't preach as you pray. Simply invite God in. Surrender your emotions and invite God in. And it's normal. It's totally normal to not view everything the same way. Your opinions and your ideas are going to differ from those of your spouse. They're going to differ from those of your kids. Just because he doesn't disagree with you doesn't mean he's wrong. Just because he doesn't feel the same emotions you feel, again, it doesn't mean he's wrong. When I'm working with couples, I like to use this example. Think of a couch. If you were describing a couch, and let's say you were on one side of the couch 
um, really close to it where like the, the cushions and the seat is. And let's say your spouse was on the other side, on the back side of the couch. And you each are going to describe what you saw. If you were on the side of the couch where the where you sit down, you might see um, bright, colorful pillows on that couch. Or let's say it was a gray fabric with maybe like a darker gray leather. There Maybe there was bold stitching and then these plump, comfy cushions. And that's some of the things that you would describe, what you saw. But if on the back side of your couch where your spouse is, he's looking at the exact same couch, just at a different angle, all he might see is some gray fabric. And it's like one-dimensional, straight across. So you'd both be describing the same couch, but it's looking at it from different angles and views. And conflict can really be much the same way. We need to make room for our spouse to view his angle. He might not see what you see, but you're both describing the same couch from where you sit or stand. And one of the ways we can do this is by just, it's like simple communication 101, but take responsibility by using the I feel statements. And everybody's heard of that, but I mean, it really is so practical. And it's just like, I feel blank when you blank. It's a really good way that we can own our emotions and not instantly call forth defensiveness from our spouse. Another thing we can do that's super practical is avoid and stay away from blaming statements. Like, you make me so angry when you blah, blah, blah. And if you say that, if you tend to say, you make me angry, blah, 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 friend, uh, and no, <laughs> that's very full of blame and nobody makes you angry. You choose to respond in anger. Those blaming statements like, you make me, that's going to instantly call forth such a defensive response, whether that's from your spouse or your child. Another helpful hint as you communicate is to avoid and try to stay away from extreme words like always and never. If you catch yourself saying, well, you always blah, 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 or you never blah, 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 those are really extreme and they're usually not true. So like a more accurate thing would be, well, it seems to me that you often blah, blah, blah. That, that's so much more like easy to receive from someone than a you always or you never. I would say one of the important, maybe most important things in conflict resolution, and I think this really goes with not viewing it as a fight, but knowing this is conflict, this is a disagreement, and we're going to work through it, I would say is listen. Listen, listen, listen. In conflict, it's so easy to talk more than we listen, but we've been given two ears and one mouth for a reason. So try to listen twice as much as you talk. And we can practice active listening by just simply rephrasing what your spouse said to make sure you understood, understand where he or she is coming from. If it's with your child and you're in conflict, practice active listening, rephrase what he or she just said, and it helps them to know, wow, mom is listening to me, or wow, my wife is listening, she really cares. Active listening, it helps our, our spouse to feel understood, not judged, and it shows that you are interested in him. Not just in like when he finishes speaking, you want to make your next point. It really is a way that we just love well in how we communicate interest, empathy, and understanding. Another thing we can do is ask questions. Not judging questions like, well, why do you feel that way? But 
more helpful questions, like just validating like, wow, if he just shared something like, wow, that's a lot. Can you share more with me? I really want to understand and hear more. And that shows your desire is to understand where he's coming from, not just, I want to make my point, you're wrong, okay? So it's being really open, making the making it your desire to just understand where he's coming from. How we choose to view conflict, again, I want to say it's going to greatly impact how we choose to deal with conflict. This is your marriage, and you guys are creating a space together. If you want to fight and argue when you encounter conflict, go for it. It's your marriage if that's what you want to do. Or if you're like, whoa, we don't have to fight and argue. We can work through disagreement. We can work through conflict without fighting. If you want to adopt a new mentality of we're on the same team, you can intentionally purpose to work through conflicts and disagreements without arguing and without a fighting mentality. We can choose to fight for connection through honesty, love, through honor and vulnerability. Honestly, a huge part of conflict resolution in marriage and in family, it comes back to forgiveness time and time and time again. And if you want an awesome marriage, forgiveness, it really will be tantamount. It will be frequent and it can be a hallmark of your marriage and family. As Christians and as daughters of the Most High God, He calls us to forgive our husband and our children the way Jesus has forgiven us completely, fully, without reservation. So forgiveness is a big part of conflict resolution. And once you've worked towards and through resolution, forgiveness is fleshed out when you have another conflict of not bringing up past conflicts, not bringing up constantly bringing up past woundings or how he let you down or how your child let you down. No, forgiveness is marked by that's in the past and we move on. So I want to just do a quick wrap up of some of the main points from today. Application for conflict resolution and living out the kingdom, living out the reality of the kingdom in our marriage. So remember, girlfriend, conflict, it's a normal part of life. It's a normal part of marriage in a normal part of family relationships. How we view conflict is going to greatly impact how we choose to deal with conflict. You can disagree with your spouse or your kids without being disagreeable. And we can intentionally create a safe place to deal with issues, to deal with conflicts, to deal with disagreements, living out the reality of Ephesians 5.1, of living a life of love even in the middle of conflict. Note, we can't do that apart from Jesus. But as we invite him in and partner with him in the middle of conflict, we can live a life of love. So another aspect is you can have a fight mentality or you can have a we're on the same team mentality. We can learn to work through conflict without fighting and it's way more than semantics. So it's like listening with an open heart. Knowing your triggers and wounds from your childhood, from your past, And knowing your spouse's triggers, it's such a beautiful way to show up and be Jesus to your spouse by meeting some of those needs in childhood. Having a sensitivity that like, okay, this is an issue of his. And just being very sensitive and loving and meeting meeting him in that place of vulnerability. 
the power of kindness, even in conflict resolution, it can't be overstated. I want to encourage you that you can be brave. You can get to the heart of the issue as you honestly and humbly share your vulnerability. And that's what's going on beneath the anger. Get to those primary emotions as to why am I so angry? What is this triggered in me? Connect with your spouse as you get to that vulnerable place. As we face conflict and honesty and honor paired together, we're expressing our vulnerability and the we factor of our relationship and our marriage, it's totally strengthened. In marriage, the ultimate goal in conflict resolution, it's relational restoration. Our pastors always say the first one to the cross wins, and I think that's such a good word. Lastly, remember, forgiveness, it really is a superpower in marriage and family. Don't you want your life to be marked by forgiveness? We're never more Christ-like than when we're forgiving. And we absolutely cannot live this out without the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit. But He is in you. He's with you. Choose to partner with Him in the midst of conflict, in the midst of ramped up emotions, choose to connect and invite him in. And then the choice of forgiveness is always yours. God's never going to force you to forgive. It's a choice of your will. But choose to lavish your spouse. Choose to lavish your kids with forgiveness because that's what God has lavished on us. I hope you're encouraged and challenged And as you encounter conflict with your spouse or even your kids, remember Jesus loves to partner with you to bring the reality of his kingdom into your marriage, into your family in a really tangible way. As you stay connected to God, you really do release the fragrance of Jesus. And friend, when you blow it, as we all do at times, just ask for forgiveness. Ask God for forgiveness. Then humble yourself before your spouse and kids and ask them for forgiveness. You are a powerful person, and you get to choose how you deal with conflict. I encourage you, practice surrendering to Jesus. Practice partnering with Him in the middle of conflict, in the middle of disagreements, in the middle of heated emotions. Conflict is normal, and how we choose to deal with it can actually strengthen our marriage. It can strengthen our family. It increases connection as we work through disagreements and issues. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. Remember that I'm for you, my friend. And more importantly, God is for you. He's with you every moment. So let's lean into his nearness today. Until next time. Friend, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it on your social accounts because we want to reach and bless as many women as possible. You can find me on Instagram at Kimberly K. Stokes. And be sure to check out our blog and online resources at imaginemoreministries.org. We're developing new resources to help you thrive on your journey with Jesus.